You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello, and yes it is. And this week, Mark is off in Dublin, uh, quite possibly slumped in a pool of Guinness by now on a Sunday afternoon. So I'm here to host the show, and I'm joined by a twosome from Tucson. I have the MyMac veterans, and I believe members of the Tucson Mug, Roger Harmon and Kurt Blanchard. Hello, boys. Good morning. Good day, wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yes, thank you for giving up your time to come on my show. And uh, I believe it's dangerously early in the morning for you boys. Well, the sun is almost up now, so we're we're good. (laughs) Strong coffee. Strong coffee. That's it. Okay. Well, uh, so, Kurt, I know you're uh, probably well known to listeners of the MyMac show with Guy and Gaz, uh, and famous for, I believe, disapproving of the message. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, you occasionally write reviews and pieces, don't you, on, on over there I do. on the MyMac? I do. You do. I and uh, product reviews for uh, MyMac. And in addition, I'm also uh, an officer in the Tucson Macintosh user group. Uh, so actually, I've been with the group for 15 years, but uh, Roger is a founding member. <laughs> so good grief. We're, we're both deeply involved in that. <laughs> well, I have to admit, I'm uh, on the committee of the local mug here, the Suffolk Mac user group, or SMUG, as we are known. And uh, yeah, I think I've been doing that for 12 years, eek. <laughs> no, so, that's the yeah. funny thing about uh, user groups is um, the officers appear to be appointed for life <laughs> when in <laughs> fact <laughs> when in fact uh, there's a, an election each year uh, but everybody just sits quiet and says oh well we'll, we'll just continue on then <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah that that seems to be how it was for for us i believe uh, our chairman who who started the started the group originally said that after three or four years he was going to step down as chairman uh, and let someone else take over and he's still chairman <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> basically because every year uh nothing nobody comes forward and he goes i've decided to stand for another year and everybody goes <laughs> okay i'm appointed again then uh, right. And it usually it usually seems much the same for the rest of the committee. It's usually a case of uh, nobody on the committee has resigned and nobody has just come forward to contest any places. So uh, we'll exactly. just carry on as we are then, shall we? Right, right. Uh, yeah, we're notorious for the short, shortest AGMs in history. <laughs> All in favour, say aye. Yeah, right. they they tend they tend they tend to go along the lines of the the minutes were distributed uh, along with the notes from you know the last year. Does anybody disapprove? Okay, that's all right. Yeah, then. and I'm the guy that I'm the guy that types those things each month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know, doesn't somebody else want to do this? It's not hard. Yeah, that's time consuming. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so we have, uh, I don't know what you boys have. We have a, a meeting in Ipswich here uh, on the last Wednesday of the odd numbered months of the year. So bi-monthly. Um, and we usually have, you know, we have a speaker and a coffee break and questions and so on. All the usual stuff. It's uh, it's good fun. We're we're still monthly, but you know, as as user groups tend t- tend to be, uh, everybody's over sixty for sure, and uh, it's almost impossible to uh, recruit young people. I mean, people, the, the kids that are around today were born with a mouse in their hand, and they don't need uh, any particular amount of help. Or yeah, least, probably you know, they don't think they need help. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that. There is that. Uh, I, I'm. I have to say, I'm. I'm quite pleased in that my daughters, who are uh, thirteen and seventeen now, have have uh, quite often come along to the mug with me. So they're not. Um, they're not exactly fixated members, but uh, they do. They do come along, and we. Oh, from time I think to it, time, excuse me. That from from time to time, there are there are some pretty interesting speakers um and uh, that you know that that's the kind of thing that tends to uh increase our attendance we try to post as much of that information as possible on our site and uh, i think that depending on what is being discussed that night uh it, it affects the number of people that show up uh yeah i i agree with that we have a i would say i mean we've got about 120 members i think which is that's uh, about the, the same as we do <clears throat> i think that's considered to be pretty good going um we've probably got a hardcore quote unquote of about right. 30 to 40 members who turn up to most of the meetings um but well, again group- yeah it varies it varies depending on who's speaking you know might be 30 on if we get a very popular speaker we might get 60 well we we also are located here in the desert southwest where summers are very very hot and uh so people tend to go away in the summertime and uh then in the winter time uh we attract people from the north the snowy north um and uh referred to as snowbirds and they're down here uh all winter so our uh attendance levels are low in the summertime and then uh, are good the rest of the year so that yeah, affects surpri- surprisingly despite the fact that obviously our summers are not super hot part part of the reason that we do the uh the odd numbered months is that means we avoid august when a vast number of people oh, go sure. on holiday right um and and the school holidays of course which are uh, run through august and we we also avoid having a meeting um in december because when we mm-hmm. uh, first when we first started we we i think we might have run on the even numbered months but we after a couple of years we realized that the christmas meeting was a total disaster really because right. <laughs> it just but there are far too many other things going on and we organized one year we organized a sort of a you know a social and and organized um non-alcoholic drinks and cakes and, and everything and about 12 people turned up <laughs> yeah. just because it was just because it was christmas time and sure it just didn't just didn't work out so there you our go. christmas meetings our christmas meetings are pretty well attended and uh, the vice president's wife um supplies tables full of food and so on and uh so it's uh and it is more of a social thing we don't have a 
official raffle that month or anything. It's just a social thing along with sort of a Q&A thing as far as your speakers go and so on. And uh, this year, we've actually got a stand-up. One of our members is a stand-up comedy guy, and uh, he's going to do a little a little thing for us. So it should, should be fun. Okay. It's not John Nemo in his superhero costume. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I no, think actually, I might have to... I might have to put that picture in the show notes, mightn't I? Just, uh, <laughs> otherwise, the listeners will have no idea what that's all about. <laughs> that would be good. No, he's uh, actually, he's uh, not going to be at our December meeting. They have some uh, things to do out of town, and so uh, he, he won't be there. Oh, well. Okay. So, um, well, normally this is where Mark asks asks the guests about uh, what's their oldest and newest piece of Apple kit. Uh, I'm in current usage. Uh, I'm going to take a guess that you guys, like me, probably have some older stuff laying around. Yeah. At current Currently, I don't know. I think probably the oldest thing I've got is a scanner. Um, the rest of things are pretty much up to date. I just got the iPhone 8. Decided to not to go to ten. Yeah, my but, uh, my wife my wife did the same. Uh, it's her turn this year to get a new phone, and she went for the eight. Um, right. Mostly on the grounds of cost, to be honest. And the 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 ten, lovely as it is, didn't seem to offer um a lot, you know, a lot more for the money, as it right. were. So. Uh, well, I'm I, t- I tend not to jump on the very first version of anything, and uh, uh, I just sort of thought that uh, you know this is sort of a, a big gamble to go for the 10 uh, when it hasn't when nobody's ever had one before and uh, so I figured you know, I, iPhone 10.1 in next September uh, will be great all the little kinks will be worked out and and uh, that's that that's the plan at least at the moment I'm on Apple's automatic upgrade program and uh, so I'm hoping that it won't add too much to the monthly cost to jump to the 10 next year but we'll we'll see yeah, there's rumors out now that there's going to be a 10 plus next year, so uh, you'll get a opportunity to have a bigger screen than than the uh, 10 has now. For a mere yeah. for a mere two thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> the number that's being bandied about is more like fourteen hundred to start. Well, those yeah. uh, OL, those OLED screens are are uh, quite expensive, and uh, so making a one that's even larger than what they've got now. I, yeah, it's certainly going to add something to the cost. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I mean, I don't know anything about the economics of it or, or, or why everybody seems so fascinated by OLED. Um, I don't know if they're lower power or what. I know Android, is, a lot of Android phones have used OLED um, for some time, but uh they always look oversaturated to me they always seem you know i know some people like that that kind of really vivid strong color but they always look a bit pumped to me right right especially if you go to a uh, a store that's got a lot of uh televisions going at the same time and these led ones tend to be look oversaturated but that i think i don't know the uh the apple watch has an oled screen and you the the most obvious thing is the fact that blacks have no, no pixels at all. Um, the OLED screens only light up the pixels that are needed. And so if it's a black background, it's just black. There are no little tiny dots yeah, there at all. There, you know, there so. No dots at all, yeah. Right. So Yeah, I don't know. I did see, um, I saw a handy tip, actually, the other day, saying if, if you've got an, uh, a 10 and your battery's getting low, 
if you go into accessibility and set the screen to mono and then invert it, you will cut your battery usage down vastly. Really? Because yeah, because all the obviously all the oh, I see. If right, you do right. that, the, the screen will effectively become black with white out text. Um, and because you're not lighting up any black pixels at all, this is going to extend the, hmm. you know, your battery life. Interesting. Quick tip. <laughs> Quick tip. <laughs> Quick tip. So, um, well, I, I suppose we should move on, really. Uh, Roger, you, you've put uh, one in here to say, be careful trying to use old cases on new iPhones just because they seem to fit. Yes, I had a uh, an iPhone 6 Plus case that I hadn't actually used. It was brand new because it was still in the box. And so I got my iPhone 8 Plus and said to myself, well, here's this case. Let's see if it fits. It fit beautifully, except the uh, on the bottom of the phone, uh, there's cutouts on the proper case on both sides. But on the, uh, the 6 Plus case, uh, it only had cutouts on one side. And it turns out that that lack of cutouts was blocking one of the microphones. So you would be talking on the phone, and then all of a sudden the microphone circuitry got confused and the other party couldn't hear you. So I kind of learned that the hard way, that uh, just because it fits doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We found here that although they appear to be the same, uh, the the 6, because I had a 6 before, the the covers for the six do not quite fit the seven or the eight correctly. They tend to the the camera has moved fractionally, uh, is one of the things. And as you say, Roger, that the the six only actually had one microphone, and the 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 drilled holes in the bottom of the phone, the other ones that were dummies, uh, but. They're not quite the same. However, the fo- a phone case for a 7 uh, appears to match the 8 perfectly. Yes. Yeah, I had a friend that was referring to that as the Johnny Ive uh, conspiracy theory, that uh, they move <laughs> things around just enough so that you need a new case for each phone. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think that's quite true, but they did move the I camera between the... <laughs> No, but they did, uh, they did move the... But the 7 and the 8 appear to be identical on the... Uh, at least, unless you had a, probably an incredibly tight fit case, but the sort of cases right. that I've got, uh, although my seven, personally, I, I've got the jet black, super glossy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first time ever, uh, I opted to go caseless. Um, previously, I've, I've tended to wear one of those, uh, use one of those sort of thin ice polycarbonate type shells. Uh-huh. The ones that are like, know a third of a millimeter thick or something right um but the the jet black is just so nice um I, I and do you carry a microfiber cloth with you at all times to wipe <laughs> off the thing no no it's actually uh surprisingly people go on about it being um i mean you can see fingerprints on it but you know i mean the, the screen is oleophobic anyway so a quick wipe on your trouser leg seems to do the job and and to be honest the back much the same I, I, and I'm, I'm not really that concerned. I don't look at the back that much. So if it's got a few fingerprints on it, what the hell? Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and right. and <laughs> what what ones there are do seem to polish off in your pocket. So um, you know, just normally. So yeah, it's interesting that they decided not to continue that color. Yeah, but um, 
obviously with the eights being um, glass backed, I, I don't know if that had something to do with it. Maybe there's not enough of it to be, because really you'd only have the edge, wouldn't you? Right. No, I, I always use uh, Apple's little silicone case, which is rigid, uh, but the outer surface is grippy, you know, and, and I'm just, I, I'm totally afraid of uh, the, the newer phones, six, seven, eight, are all just terrible, to me anyway, terribly slippery, like a bar of soap. And so I just have to have something that I'm, that I'm not going to lose or let slip Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, that is one of the things with the, when I had a six, which I had the, uh, it was a sort of matte space gray mm-hmm. color. Um, and the silk finish on that, the sort of anodized silk finish, right. was like Teflon. It was terribly mm-hmm. hard to keep hold of, which was another right. reason that I put a case on it. But the, bizarrely, the the jet black, which obviously has that glass-like finish, um, sticks to your hand mm. you know, in the same way as a glass does, in that it's so smooth, you, your skin just wants to stick to it. Right. Whereas the... the um, I've heard, I didn't get a matte black one, and I don't think I've even seen a matte black one in the wild, but I've been told that those are just as slippery as the six. So right. the, the jet black is actually quite, you know, the glass-like finish makes it stick to your hand. I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to try and pick it up with wet hands, but right, right. In, normal, in normal usage, yes, it's really quite sticky. I'd be curious to, to, to know how many people uh, go caseless. Um, you know, I, almost everybody I see has a case. And uh, so, you know, oh, look, I've got a jet black one. Oh, I've got a rose gold one. I've got a, what? It doesn't matter. It's covered up with a case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that I, There are some, I mean, that's why I tended to go with uh, the sort of thin ice type uh, of cases. Right. Um, yeah. When I had a six, uh, I had a, a sort of thin ice charcoal semi-translucent case which i actually liked because the the space gray on the six wasn't really very dark at all it was a mm. sort of almost a gunmetal silver rather than a than a dark gray Whereas that was the, the first the, that was the first year of the space gray wasn't it uh well the five was described as uh, oh that's space right that's gray, right but, but that one, was yeah. more but that was more like a charcoal black wasn't it right right but Anyway, that's all by the by. But it's it. it <laughs> my history over over the years, the cases that I fit to my iPhone seem to have got thinner and thinner. Uh, now to the point that I've got none. Although I, I think it is the jet black finish that it, that has encouraged me to go without a case. I think if I was to be buying an eight uh, or a ten, and uh, no, I'd be putting a case on it straight away. Right. Um, Possibly, possibly a transparent one. Those transparent TPU type mm-hmm. things. Those, those. I don't mind those. Um, something that, yeah, I know some people put them in these things. These sort of armor boxes that make them look like Iron Man or something. And it's oh. like I don't quite get that unless you're into doing incredibly oh. dangerous <laughs> rock climbing right. or something. In which well, case, why, I'm... why are you taking your phone with you? Right. If you've got a case like that, it's really hard to put it, it to keep it in your pocket, unless you unless. I've never understood people that keep their phone in their back pocket, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, I see it all the time, especially with women and wearing, uh, wearing uh, jeans. They've got a phone sticking out of their back pocket. With at least at least half of the phone is visible. I mean, how easy would that be for somebody to just yeah, grab just it and run? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, there you go. Each to their own, I guess. Each to their own. Uh 
right. And Kurt, Kurt, you've uh, you've brought a story. Here. How much iPhone memory do you really need? Well, uh, let's see. It was I guess late late summer? Um, Mac OS Ken Ken Ray uh, said that for the first time he was going to uh, buy his new phone with 64 gigabytes. Um, he said I he, that he had checked his phone and he was only using something like 29 megabytes or something, even though he had a 256. So he was going to actually downgrade and get a small memory. And so I started thinking about this and I checked my phone and I'm about 32, which would be half of 64, even though I've got the 256. I just sort of knee jerk reaction each year by 256. And, and uh, so I asked the MyMac gang um, for their capacity usage and so on. And, and, uh, only two um, members said that they were over 64, um, and everyone else was less. So I'm, I was just curious. I, you know, this is one of those things that it's almost, it almost seems to be a kind of automatic thing. You know, when you go through the, the, the process of buying a new phone, you know, I just sort of look and say, well, what's the largest uh, capacity here? And okay, I'll order that one. But actually, if you sit down and take a careful look at it, do you really need that? that that amount and i suppose it has a lot to do with you know people that have 10,000 uh, pictures on their on their phone or or lots of videos and stuff i suppose that would that would increase it a lot but uh, i i offload all my photos onto my mac anyway and i only keep a couple hundred uh on the phone I, there's no reason to use my phone as a storage unit you know so no. so i really don't need that kind of capacity so i was just that was just a random a random uh a uh, little poll that I took just to see what the well what the capacity was. I mean, I when, when we did that, when you when you asked that question in in the MyMac uh, Slack, I I checked my phone and I'm using about 29 gig right out of uh, I've got a what one uh, 128 thing right 128. They don't make um, 128 anymore now, so that, that... no, the, but the the seven I've got is a 128. So. Right. Um, because the six, I had a 64 mm -hmm. and because Apple did this weird thing, didn't they? They, they was like, you could have eight or 64. And it's <laughs> right. like, well, I, I, 32 would have been fine, but no, I'd got no choice but to have a 64. Exactly. And then when it came time to change that, I found that my, you know, I was, I, my 64 seemed to be quite full. So when I got a uh, seven, I got a 128 because again, they kind of went where you can have, uh, what was it? I don't know, a small number or you could have 128. There was no 64, the 32, right. I think. Or 32, yeah, yeah. 30, you could have 32 or you could right. have 128, no 64. Right. Well, I, did, right. I was no way I was going to go down to less than when I, than what I'd got. That's right. So I was kind of forced into the 128. However, in the meantime, Apple also made a load of changes. So I, I looked at my phone and I realized that I'd got pretty much every picture I'd ever taken with my iPhone. And bear in mind, <laughs> I hardly I hardly take any pictures, relatively speaking. Um, but, you know, I'd got like eight years worth of iPhone photographs on <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go through them and throw out. And an awful lot of them, of course, I found out were rubbish pictures of, of things that like, oh, a, a picture of something I wanted to sell on eBay. Or a, oh, exactly. 
you know, or you took three exposures of something and kept all three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or you know, a picture, a picture of something I'd cooked that I'd send to a friend to say, oh, right. you know, what you're doing. I'm here's my roast pork that I've just taken out of the oven. So I cleared all that out. <laughs> yeah, I cleared all that out, and then um, I cleared. I threw took all the music off the phone. Um, and then I was going to put it back, but so far, I, well, I did put it back at one point, and then um, my phone had to go back and be repaired because there was something wrong with it. So they wiped it, of course. And go, so I haven't got round to putting the music back on, which shows how much I actually bothered to listen to the music using the phone. But <laughs> but even then, even then, I think that was about another eight gig. So I mean, if you let's be generous, I suppose I could uh, push mine up to maybe forty. So. Right. Uh, Apple's kind of thing of you can shove everything into the cloud now also right. means that unless I think if you're into taking 4K video or you are a you know a, a keen iPhone photographer, then I can see that maybe you do want these big capacities. But actually, I, I think most people could probably get away with between 64 and 128. But of course, again, they've done away with 128 right. and probably right. encouraging people to think, oh, well, I've got 128. I can't go down, so I'll have right. to get to 256. Right. And then you think what they're going to do next time, what they're going to do 128 and 512. <laughs> and everybody will be <laughs> right. thinking, I can't go down to 128. And if right. they actually look, they'd be using about 40 gig. <laughs> right, exactly. Rest of the phone's empty, paying vast amount of money for empty space. Right. Oh, dear. So uh, on the theme of iPhones, uh, I think we'll take a short break, guys, and uh, we'll let John Nemo open his hardware store because he's got uh, a whole bunch of iPhone 10 cases that he wants to tell us about. So take it away, John. get ready for the arrival of everybody's iPhone X or 10. we have seven different cases to review from three different manufacturers. The first comes from Catalyst Case, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-C-A-S-E dot com, CatalystCase.com. The product is called the Impact Protection Case for the iPhone X or 10. costs $40 in the U.S., comes in four different color schemes, and it's right here in my hand. It's got a clear plastic back piece that will work with the wireless charging then there's a hole in the back for the camera the one i have has a teal surround a teal bumper surround with orange accents for the volume up and down and to touch the power sleep switch and also to take the mute switch on or off i've been using a catalyst full waterproof case on my iphone 6 ever since i got it so i'm a firm believer in catalyst case and while we're waiting for their waterproof cases to arrive this immediately is a strong contender for your iPhone X or 10. Impact protection case for the iPhone X, $40 US, four different color schemes from CatalystCase.com. The good people at 12 South, that's T-W-E-L-V-E-S-O-U-T-H, 12South.com, have sent three leather cases for the iPhone X or the iPhone 10 for us to review. First one is called the Journal Leather Wallet Case. 
It's a folio style case with a leather book style for the folio with the cutout in the back for the camera. Then you open it up and there's three different slots for a wallet for cards and bus passes and IDs and stuff like that. And then you snap your phone in. So it's a basic folio style wallet case made out of really beautiful premium brownish tannish leather. Excellent design, manufacturing, very good styling. Tiny bit bulky. The next one has no bulk in it at all. It's called the Relaxed Leather for iPhone, Burnished Leather Case for iPhone, and this case sample is in a burgundy maroon color scheme with two slots in the back also for your ID, a little bit of cash, credit card. So it's a very slim fit rear surround and side surround single body case again with the cutout for the camera and the indents on the bottom for all the knobs and buttons that you need to push much more sleek form fitting to your pocket. The third one from 12 South is the Big Daddy or the Big Mama. It's called the Book Book. Book Book for iPhone. Again, it's a wallet case with one, two, three, four inserts on the inner cover. And then on the outside, like a book, it says Book Book Volume XII. It's full leather. It's actually beefier and more substantial, but the same basic idea as that journal that I mentioned earlier. This case comes in a beautiful dark brown, and once again, you You've got your cutouts and all of access to all of your ports in the folio style case. If you like the idea of carrying around a library style book to contain your sleek iPhone X or 10, then you should consider the book book. But if you want a more slim fit, definitely the relaxed leather is much, much tighter and tinier. And the journal is not quite as massive as the book book, but it is the full folio wallet style. Let's get some prices here. The journal is $70 in the U.S. The relaxed leather iPhone X case with pockets is $50 in the U.S. And the book book for the iPhone is $60 in the U.S. So basically $50, $60, and $70 is the price range that we're talking about for these premium leather cases from a premium company, 12south.com. At the opposite end of the pricing and organic materials spectrum is the new company to us, Vena, V-E-N-A, venaproducts.com. V-E-N-A-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S venaproducts.com and they sent us a bunch of cases in two different styles. The heart case, V-Love and the wallet case, V-Commute. Very, very affordable. $12 in the U.S., $23 in the U.S. So these are screaming deals if you want to save a little bit money but don't buy anything for your iPhone based on the price. Always base it on the quality. Well, the quality of these Vena cases is darn good. Heart cases, the ones that I like, one is red and black and the other is teal and gray. It's a full surround rear and side case with openings for the ports and the sliders and the ups and the downs and all the stuff at the bottom. That's just fine like you would expect. And on the back, there is a nice heart, a stylish heart and a great big opening for the camera. So all of these cases today share a similarity as far as their function. But the Vena cases are that more rubbery plastic, more bendable, more squishable in that sort of protection as far as the drop protection and stylish in a very colorful way 
as opposed to the leather that we have from 12 South and the clear back that we have from Catalyst. The final case from Vena is called the iPhone X Wallet Case V Commute. And the nice thing about this one has an unusual back folding panel and it's like the smart cover that you get for an iPad that it folds into a little triangle and then you can prop it up in front of you if you're on an airplane or at a desk or at a table and you can view all of your content in horizontal portrait mode. It's the same style of rubbery, plasticky, squishy, good firm protection around the sides and the back with the addition of this fold-out folding triangular panel that snaps right in with a magnet. So well done, all three companies, Catalyst, 12 South, and Vena. And my iPhone will be arriving in 12 days. And at that point, I'll be able to put these cases on, let you know how they work, and we'll have more cases and more products coming for the iPhone 10 and lots of other stuff very soon. Back next week, Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you, John, for another Nemo's Hardware Store. And the links for all of the products that John was talking about can be found in the show notes, along with links to Amazon. And, of course, when we mention Amazon, it is the law that I have to tell you about the Amazon affiliate link. Now, I'm not going to bore you too much. You know how it works. Follow the Amazon affiliate link, do your shopping, and we here at Essential Apple get a very small kickback, which helps us to pay for things like the occasional new microphone, or a microphone boom, or a pop filter, or a chair for Mark that doesn't break or creak or collapse under him while he's podcasting. So, it doesn't cost you anything, you just follow the link, buy your stuff from Amazon, and that helps us out. And while I'm talking about helping us out, there is of course a Patreon page, and this is a special shout out to all of the people who subscribe to the Patreon and help us to pay the bills. Thank you very much. And now, uh, we're going to move on to some stories, uh, aren't we? So, uh, the first couple of stories really don't merit much comment at all. Uh, Apple released uh, a load of updates. Uh, the latest one that I've got is iOS 11.2 uh, Beta 4 and uh, High Sierra 10.13.2 Beta 4. Um, and I believe there were some mainstream releases to go along with that. Um, and they include a fix for the apparent cold weather numb screen problem, uh, which is where apparently if you've got an iPhone 10 and you go out into uh, very cold air, the screen becomes unresponsive for a short period. Uh, and apparently that's now fixed. So I, I don't think those really need much comment, do you? No, probably uh, not. No, no, no. no. Uh, okay. Uh, there was a story here um, from Business Insider UK, which says what Apple could do after the iPhone 10. Uh, I read this. I don't know if either of you boys followed the link and, and read it. Uh, it's a bit stating the bloody obvious, really. Uh, it's Business Insider UK saying, well, after the iPhone 10, the next big thing uh, could be smart glasses. And Tim Cook has said how impressed he is with the uh, augmented reality. And uh, therefore, it's quite likely Apple are working on augmented reality glasses glasses and I kind of went duh really <laughs> uh, I'm a big proponent that you know in the future smart glasses are going to be a major major part of uh, personal technology 
Tim himself has said, of course, quite uh, openly, that the technology isn't really ready yet and that uh, he doesn't think that anybody could build smart glasses that were uh, worthy, you know, of anybody putting on their face at the moment. I, I, I don't know. What do you read into that? Kurt, you got any thoughts? Well, I, I, Google Glass, uh, were there, it, was a, it was a failure. The, the uh, glasses were ugly and uh, it really was uh, something that was released before it was really ready. Um, I think the whole augmented reality thing i think is going to be huge but somehow i think we got to get over the idea of glasses um you know say you go to a, a new town that you've never been to before you could hold up your phone and on the screen you're looking down the street you're standing on and it you know the stores are identified the the street to your right is identified and so on uh, on the screen and you can see it but you don't have to wear glasses to do that you know, and then eventually, you know, all of a sudden it starts to rain and you, you say, oh, I got a, where can I get a cheap umbrella? And you hold up the phone and the little red arrows appear on the stores that sell umbrellas. Um, those, that kind of thing is, is, is terrific. But I don't know if, if it really needs, you don't need to wear glasses to do that. You can just hold up your phone. So I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I can't imagine these huge goggle things that you see in, well, Apple just released a, what was it? It was one of their patents or something or other. And it looked like, you know, something out of Star Wars that on, on somebody's face. And you, you're not going to walk around with that. You know, so. uh, that, that, that is true. But I, I think, what was it they, what is it that the, the technologists always say? We tend to overestimate what can be achieved in the next five years and massively underestimate what can be achieved in the next 10 to 15. Yeah, and, that's uh, very true. I, I think that's often often very true, and you know you've only got to think back, really. I mean, it's only ten years since the birth of the iPhone, and right. look look how much the world has changed. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I think the um, as a result of that, I mean, the world changes all the time. But the I think the the picture that um, kind of enshrined it for me was. Uh, you may have seen it, the picture of the uh, installation of the new Pope. And they mm -hmm. said, here is, here is a picture of St. Peter's Square uh, where the, you know, the previous Pope came out to give his, uh, you know, inauguration wave to the masses. Right. And obviously the, the square was full of people and, it was just a sea of people. And then they said, and here is the same picture with the latest Pope coming out onto the balcony. And obviously the square was still full of people, but the picture was a sea of, you know, phone and tablet screens because it's shot from behind looking towards the balcony. Oh, so right. <laughs> the whole, the whole square is lit up facing towards the photographer with LCD screens, which is obviously everybody holding up their phone or their tablet to take, yeah. take a picture. Yeah. Um, and it was just an amazing <laughs> photograph. Right. Um, and just kind of, yeah, encapsulated how that technology is now in everybody's pocket everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just think these kind of sea changes, you know, are, are, are incredible. Uh, we're living through a time where things are changing so rapidly. Things that have been um, 
ensconced for you know a century like the, the motor car the automobile i i really feel that we're on the the cusp of a sea change there there's moves to electric there's moves towards autonomous or semi-autonomous vehicles i, I can just it reminds me of my grandfather who grew up just after the first world war and told me how you know when he was a boy the town there was there were no motor vehicles in the town it was all horses right and yet by the time you know he was <laughs> by the time he was married cars were if not everywhere they were certainly no longer a novelty right um yeah just a what Two generations ago, or something like that, the when yeah. when, people, when people were kids, uh, nobody was the, the airplane hadn't been invented, and in one lifetime, uh, people were flying in jet planes. You know, so exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I think, um, you know, when I was at school, there were no computers. Right. I first, I first encountered computers, quote unquote, uh, when I was about seventeen. And we had a teletype terminal to the local college mainframe, <laughs> uh, and with a, a genuine a genuine modem, which was a handset that had to be you had to pick up, dial, <laughs> wait for the tone, and stuff it in the audio coupler, which was actually uh, like a suitcase filled with foam. Right. <laughs> you rammed the handset in and shut the lid, and that was a genuine modulator demodulator. Ah, uh, there. Uh, Yes, and and this um this terminal, if you if you uh, had done a program and you wanted output, it uh, sent out punched tape, which we had to roll up and put an elastic <laughs> band around, uh, <laughs> and that okay. was state of the art, you know, in the nineteen seventy nine. I mean, sure, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how many global village modems that I owned. You know, the, when it first came out, it was. I don't know what a thousand baud or whatever the thing was, and then the yeah. next thing somebody says, "Ooh, they came up with one at eighteen hundred. Oh, gotta buy that one." And the next one was two thousand. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I think I think, uh, I think my brother had a, a nine hundred board modem, mm -hmm. um, and 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 then we had I think uh, then fourteen point four I think came a thing, and I think the one. first one I bought was a twenty eight point eight. Just. Yeah, and you just seemed like you were constantly replacing them with a newer one. That's right. One black and white photo would take five minutes to download. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, dear. Oh, We've come dear. a long way, baby. We have. Oh, yes. Haven't we just, you know, from a, a 1K ZX81 all the way, you know, to talking in hundreds of gigabytes of RAM without right. even blinking. It, it's right. just unbelievable. Uh, crazy, crazy times. We're living in the future, boys. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so that was that was that. So yes, um, augmented reality glasses. Uh, uh, personally, I think that somehow it is going to have to end up being some kind of headwear or or glasses or, or something like that. But yeah, I mean the the Google Glass was well. There have there were so many things wrong with the Google glasses. But nice try, guys. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, well, they, some, somebody has to do it, I guess. But I, right. I think they made two terrible, uh, you know, they made two terrible mistakes with that. One was the stupid one lens idea so that it just looked weird right. and stupid. Right. 
and, and the other one was putting a camera slash video on it. Now, I know it could only take about four pictures and record about 10 seconds of video or something, but it just freaked people out. It sure. You no, know, if Apple do it, I can imagine that they will, if they have any cameras in it, they will be kind of, you know, depth sensors or, right. or laser depth pinging type depth finders measuring. I, I think anybody with any nous would say looking at what happened to Google Glass, pretty much the stupidest thing you could do with any kind of uh, glasses would be stick, you know, any kind of recording device on it. Right. Um, and I think the other thing is, of, of course, if you're going to make them into glasses of some sort, they've got to look okay, haven't they? They've got to be no, no less stupid to wear than hmm. ordinary eyeglasses. Otherwise, yeah. they're just not going to happen. If you look at the at the glasses you can buy today that have cameras built in, they're very bulky. They're very obvious. And, you know, nobody wants to, to stand out like that. So it's it's really gets down to miniaturization that Apple has to come up with to make right. them look like, you know, ordinary glasses and still have, you know, extraordinary functionality. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying the glasses themselves. The other thing with the, you know, with the Google Glass was it was trying to be self-contained. And I'm not sure that where Apple would go would be self-contained. I think that they would probably, th like with the watch, that they would th throw a lot of the, you know, the heavy lifting off to your phone. Right. And, and that they just become like a second screen that could, right. you know, which you could use to get these augmented things. That's, right. that's where I think things are going. But then I'm no futurologist. I'll probably be wildly wrong. <laughs> they'll probably they'll, they'll probably be replacing your eyeballs with right. eye, eye, eye eyes Corn before before that happens. <laughs> corneal corneal implants from Apple. I can't remember who it was. One of the sci-fi writers and a probably not an original thing had a thing about uh, about uh, ships pilots having a, ja a, a jack in the back of their skull, which they used to connect to the spaceship. <laughs> and, and and that you could tell real pilots because they had this sort of worn, sort of janky headphone socket in the back of their skull, and you could tell the people who who had um, who were kind of pleasure flyers because their socket was always like gold plated and had you know <laughs> uh, ruby tipped screws on it and things. And it was like, <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, never mind. Um. Well, there's a whole load of stuff been floating around about how uh, Apple's Face ID can be bypassed. I'd, uh, have you guys seen any of that? Yeah, it's there's so many steps that it you know would take a, a well-funded organization to even get close to duplicating yeah, somebody's I mean, it's, face. It's it's really. Uh, I think it was a slow news week, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I mean I read it and. It, I was for a start. There seemed to be quite a lot of inconsistencies in the story. Um, a lot of people have pointed out that we, we've no proof that they haven't kind of half crippled the face ID by training it with half of the original owner's face blotted out with white cardboard or whatever. Um, well, Apple said at the time when this thing was introduced that there was what was it a million to one or something or other million, right. million to one and I uh, mean, it, I, you know that's that's got to be as good security as you can get um i can't imagine um I, you know people are killing themselves trying to uh see if they can beat the system somehow which i think is just uh um 
shows how 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 good this system is and trying to beat it i think it's just a waste of time <laughs> oh, it's just i think i think a lot of it's clickbait you, you get these things saying you right. know oh right. son unlocked his mother's uh yeah. phone you know with a look right. but I, i'm never quite convinced by a lot of those because if she's literally just trained it turned the phone on looked at it registered her face id then she gives it to her kid who, you know, may look incredibly like her. That might not be enough because the thing learns, doesn't it? The more times you right. look at it, it's, it's right. supposed to get better. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like the fingerprint thing. You could you could register more than one fingerprint at a time. Yeah. You know when it says put your thumb on or your finger? Sure. And it, it says keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Well, you could actually register both thumbs at one time if you wanted by keep switching the thumbs backwards and forwards. Well, I'm a, um, I'm sort of the tech support, tech support person here in our family, and I have my fingerprint registered on my wife's phone. So whenever, you know, something goes wrong, I can go over and open it myself. You know, so I mean that that's perfectly uh, reasonable. But what I'm saying is, if you if instead of registering your thumbprint separately, you and your wife had interchangeably placed your thumb on the sensor while it was being registered. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, would, yeah. You, you would you would end up with a, a stored fingerprint, which was a blend of your finger, your thumbprint and hers. Right. Now, I've never tried that. Well, you can do it, and it can be done because it, it just keeps, as it says, place your thumb, place your thumb. Yeah. I did it on my old phone by doing both thumbs at once, like one left thumb, right thumb, left thumb, right thumb. Now, of course, what you're doing there is it's registering a blend. Now, right. if you do that, of course, you're, you're probably halving the chance of somebody else being, right. or, or, or doubling, should I say, the chance of somebody else's fingerprint being a close enough match. Yeah which is why it's got X number of five slots or whatever you could. Yeah. yeah. But you're better off to register each thumb separately so that, that it's registered as true, quote unquote, truer fingerprints. Right. Um, and, and I just think if you literally just turn on face ID, show it your face, turn the phone off and then show it your child, there's a much higher chance that that's going to work there. But if you then go back to your face and unlock it half a dozen more times using your face, probably won't do it anymore. That's right. I just I think a lot of these stories are somewhere between hokum and clickbait. Right. To be honest. Um. If if these if these people did manage it with this, oh, it only cost one hundred and fifty dollars in parts. Yeah, but it, you know you had to have a, a special face map and oh, you know, yeah, this that and the other and made an elaborate nose and all the rest of it. And to be honest, the only sort of people I can imagine really needing to be worrying about that sort of thing would be very high profile targets. You know, presidents, right. ambassadors. Sure. Uh, you know, the heads of huge um, international corporations, those sort of people. And right. uh, I'm pretty sure that they would not be relying on face ID for right. their security. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I can't really imagine that, uh, you know, um, the, I don't know, the head of the head of uh, <laughs> you know, the head of Bomber Command right. is going to right. be allowed to to trust the nation's secrets to either Apple's Touch ID or Face ID. I'm sure, right. regardless, they <laughs> they have to have um, you know super secure uh, type of devices. So we have no real world. Have, I think it's a load of hokum. You're right. We have twin daughters and. Uh, 
there was some discussion a few weeks ago about uh, if if they both get those phones at one point or another, it'll be interesting to see if uh, the face ID can be confused between the two of them. So <laughs> information on that will follow sometime. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they, I think there's been some of that uh, pasted around the web and people are saying, oh, I got my, you know, my twin unlocked my phone. Right. But on those videos, they go, look, this is me, unlock my phone. Oh, this is my twin. Oh, look, she's unlocked my phone. But unless they can prove to you that they haven't done the two thumbprint trick. Right, that's right. <laughs> well, and after you've unlocked the phone a hundred times, you know, it, it will have learned pretty well, even though even though exactly. if there's a twin involved. so. Yeah, but no if you if you kind of unlock it with one twin, unlock it with the other, unlock it with, you know, backwards and forwards, then oh, the, right, right. Do you see what I mean? That's the that's the <laughs> yes. twin thumbprint trick because yeah. they're close enough that 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 what you're doing is tricking the map. Um, right. But you know, I'm not even convinced that you can manage that. To be honest. Ah, right. Uh, leading on, I guess from that um, was a story on the cult of Mac about Animoji doesn't actually require the iPhone X's true depth sensor. Um, oh, I thought it did. Well, this this is the thing. They, the, the guy, apparently, uh, if you go to the Cult of Mac and read the story, um, the guy was doing Animoji, and then he decided to cover up the uh, the notch sensors. Now, what he covered it up with is it isn't mentioned because I suspect if he just put a bit of brown sticky tape or something across it, that's not going to stop. Not necessarily going to block infrared uh, beams, is it? Right, that could be. <laughs> you, you know, I, I would think that you would need to cover it with some foil tape or something that you right. know is actually not um, going to let infrared true right. depth you right. know, pins through. However, he covered up the covered up the. Uh, sensor array and said that the Animoji continued to work and then when he covered up the camera unsurprisingly it stopped working however um, uh, however there's a counter story to that from iMore which is also in the notes where they say that Apple has said that yes it does use the true depth but the true depth isn't used isn't what's used to map your facial movement that is just fired off every few seconds to kind of keep the the mapping between the uh, the FaceTime camera mm. and, and the depth sensor in like calibrated in that it doesn't right. it doesn't use the true depth measure measurement to do the animation but it does rely on the uh, true depth to keep your face and the camera uh, thing aligned so they're saying if you cover up the if you cover up the true depth sensors and keep on doing the animoji it will gradually get more and more out of kilter hmm. so there you go that's a bit trivia really that one i think that might have been a bit of a slow news day as well somehow <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh dear! And uh, I, I will actually, I'll go on to one of the worth of chirps, which is to do with Animoji. Um and that's the, there's a free app uh, called MRRMRR, which I, I suspect is meant to be Mirror Mirror, um, which is a face app filters by I Love Ice Cream Limited. 
Um, and this is, yeah, I know. Uh, but it is quite fun. It's not really my bag of, uh, you know, bag of toys, but it, it's a lot of Snapchat type filters. Uh, so, you, you know, you can put dog ears on yourself and turn yourself into Slash and um, uh, be underwater blowing bubbles with a with a scuba mask on, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and But it does have some Animoji for the rest of us. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't have the robot, which is my favourite, but um, it, it, it's got the chicken and the poop and the panda and uh, it, it will do a, a simulacrum of Animoji. Uh, for it, those without a 10, right? Yes, for those without a 10. It's available right. for Android as well. Um, it 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 um it has a plug in it drops into uh iMessage so you can use it inside iMessage um so you can if somebody is annoying you because they've got a 10 and they're sending you an emoji you can at least respond with a, a, a sort of simulacrum uh, it doesn't do the eyes and whatnot but it does move the mouth and and you can move your head about so uh there you go that's it's quite fun and it's free uh it's on the app store and it's it, i think it was uh, in fact nominated as app of the day by Apple, which seemed quite right. odd because normally they're they're not um, they're not keen on people who copy their own features. But I guess and perhaps I, because they've they've not released an an emoji for the rest of us, um, right. which it, it seems that actually the technology that's used the the depth mapping thing is probably helps make the an emoji lots better. But I think keeping it to the iPhone 10 is more of a marketing gimmick than anything else. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, Snapchat have been doing that sort of thing for donkeys. Sure. Um, but anyway, there you go. I, I downloaded it um, and showed it to my daughters, and who just went, "Oh, it's very Snapchat, isn't it?" But there you go. It, if you're dying to have uh, an emoji and you don't have an iPhone 10, there you go. You can get that. <laughs> uh, uh, right. I'm going to mention, uh, and I don't know if you if you boys bothered to read this because it's quite a long piece, which I link. Um, and I, I put this in here really more to mention to the listeners than to talk about because there's not a lot to talk about in it. Um, and that's the iPhone 10, how Apple's Johnny Ive designed it, and that's on time. Um, I mean, that was quite an interesting read. I don't know if either of you read it. I, I got about halfway through and I ran out of time. But <laughs> I... Yeah, it's it's not a short piece, is it? It's no, not it's a not. short piece. Um, and it's it, it. They said like they've described it as how Johnny Ive designed it. That's not really true. It's more him talking about his philosophy and exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that was interesting to me is that they're actually yes. quote, quoting him instead of just talking about him. They've they're actually some of some of his uh, comments about these things are there, and I thought that was really great. Yeah, I mean, it is quite rare for Johnny to actually have anything. Well, to say anything particularly publicly. Absolutely. But uh, I, I thought perhaps the 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 most interesting section was the part where he was talking about how um, in order to move forward, you sometimes have to uh, step off the apparent safe road and mm -hmm. take the path less traveled. Right. Um, and I think I think I probably agreed with him. What he was, you know, in essence, what he was saying is discarding the home button seems risky, but in the longer run, isn't just sticking with the same old thing because it worked before. How things stagnate. So right, that's right. Um, it, it it's a good read. It's a good read yep. and quite long. Um, yep. so it's an interview with Johnny Ive, and it's on time. And the link is in the shows. Now, Kurt. 
it, it, this is one you've you've put in here where I mean it's been all over the web, but I, I think it's worth talking about definitely. And that's Apple has delayed the HomePod until 2018. So um, do you want to lead off on that one? Well, the thing that interests me is uh, what six months ago uh, at the Worldwide Developers Conference, I guess they, they it was when they talked about this for the first time. And then they've remained very quiet about it since. And uh, even at the iPhone event in September, there was not a word about this thing. Um, and uh, so obviously the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, what 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 seems to be the trouble? Um, what is causing the delay? Is it hardware or is it software? And originally, the they said that the, uh, the device was going to be uh, introduced in the US, the UK, and Australia first, which of course, the first thing it comes to mind is oh those are the three english speaking countries are we is this a siri thing that uh, is is uh, is causing this thing uh, uh because i you know I, I i can't even imagine what it must be like to uh organize siri for 38 languages or whatever it is um <laughs> uh so th- the other thing that i'm not quite i'm not on the beta programs or anything but on ios 11.2 i think it is um Apple is supposed to introduce Siri Kit for the HomePod, and I'm wondering if that may be uh, the the, the hang-up that uh, this is a lot more complicated than uh, they originally thought. Um, the other thing that sort of crosses my mind is if this is a is how how involved is um, Siri going to get with or the HomePod going to get with the um, um, with the phone? Uh, is this uh, you know? Is this are we are we looking at a, a situation where you are you have to have your phone nearby in order to make the um, HomePod work? Uh, so third parties that want to develop uh, apps uh, have got to do it through somehow through the App Store. Something I don't know. It's, who who knows? This is this is complicated. Anyway, Peter Cohen the, uh, yesterday I guess it was posted a thing saying it's now the home plod. <laughs> so <laughs> slow down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, I'm, I'm an audio guy, and I have a lot of, a lot of uh, speakers and things around the house, and in, a large investment in Sonos equipment, and uh, um, we do have a little Google Dot, which is uh, fun to ask questions to and so on. But of course, none of this stuff really is connected yet, and presumably uh, Apple is is going to be doing that to the point where they've got some very stiff competition uh, to to meet. But uh, once they do, if this will work as well as as Alexa does, excuse me for those that have their units within <laughs> hearing distance, um, that, oh, yeah, ours in the other room just, just started. <laughs> she's, she could hear, like, I can't believe how, you know, she's in the next room. She was answering. Sorry, I didn't get that. <laughs> I, Roger, what you got any thoughts? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, it's kind of a trend. Uh, it kind of works into, um, you know, the old Apple saying where we always like to say it just works, being Apple fanboys. But as of late, uh, a lot of things are not just working. And I think uh, hopefully Apple is uh, recognizing that. And so they're taking extra time and extra steps to make sure that when the HomePod does hit the market, it does just work. And I think that may be the, the overall situation that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Well, at $350, 
if it people get it in their homes and it doesn't work uh, correctly, uh, that's you know that's a huge issue. So yeah, yeah I, I think I think there are probably well I've I've got a slightly different view, but I, I totally agree with that one because you never get a second chance to make a first impression, as they like right. to say. And right. um, I, I think that the one that everybody always brings to mind is is of course the is the Newton. Um, yeah. And the hand, the hand, you know, the handwriting recognition, right? And and the kind of derision that was heaped upon it in the the first release, right? Um, you know, egg freckles being the famous gag from from that. Um, right. whereas the jokes just never stopped. No, and despite the fact that they, you know, on the second uh, release or the or the upgrade that they did to it the handwriting recognition apparently became really quite good but you know the mud was 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 already stuck and the jokes about handwriting recognition went on basically until the end of the newton um and and the same with apple maps i i don't even believe that apple maps was that bad even at the beginning mm. but um the you know the perception was that it was that it was poor or you know it wasn't as good as it ought to be and the jokes persist even now. You know, if you say, how did you get here? Apple Maps. Oh, well, I'm surprised you didn't end up in Newcastle, you know. Right, right, even right. though, truth be told, I can find almost no difference between Google uh, Maps and Apple Maps. I haven't used Google Maps in years, to be honest. Right. I, I either use um, Apple Maps or, more often than not, I've, I've got a free sat nav called uh, NavMe, which is very popular here in the UK. Um because it's free, obviously, and it's a perfectly good sat nav on your phone. Um, so I, I, there, there's that factor. You know, if they get it wrong, the percep the public perception will be that it's very expensive and it's not worth the money and it's not right. any good, Absolutely. and that will kill it. It will get killed stone dead. Right, right. Um, you know, that was a risk with the watch as well that you know a, a high powered uh you know a high priced item like you know a 350 dollar watch if it i i know that they revised the os twice before they really you know apparently i it was on ios 3 by the time i got mine mm -hmm. um I, i'm told that ios 1 was not very good ios you know the uh, sorry watch os 2 was was much better um and that the jump to three made it you know really how they felt it should have been right um i think maybe that got that got away with that because the uptake was slower and being a completely new product category people were prepared to uh the kind of people who bought it initially were early adopters and it, it understood that you know it might not be perfect but i, I think with something like a, a home speaker if it doesn't work as advertised there's going to be you know that'll just kill it yeah. Um, as for why it's been delayed, I have a slightly different take, um, and I don't know what you boys will think about this, but when they announced it, they announced it very much as a high-end speaker. The smart speaker. features were very much played down. It was very Correct. much about, you know, it's got, oh, well, I forget what it was, seven tweeters and a right, right. subwoofer and you know, all subwoofer. these microphones, and it can... It can beam form the sound depending on where you put it in the room and, and all this stuff. Um, and the smart features were very much played down. Correct. And the the competition at the time obviously was a lady in a tube and uh, 
you know, uh, the Google One and yep. pretty much it. Now, the thing is, the the Amazon range has now expanded. So they, they do everything from the little dot, which I understand has sound a bit like, a you know, one of those little portable radios right. through the Echo. Then they've got, what is it now, the Echo Plus, um, the where the sound has apparently, it, you know, been improved right. a lot. Um Everybody the, always. The, the oh yeah, there's a show. That's the one with the, oh show. show. That's right, the one with the screen. Show and, yeah. and a look. Is that the one with the camera in? Anyway, there's a whole. You know, they've done yeah. a whole range. But the biggest one seems to be the fact that the, the you know the newest uh, Echo, the newest main one, has much much improved uh, sound output. And everybody always raves, as you just said, about how well uh, the, the, that one can hear you. That it is incredibly good at picking up your speech and recognising the keyword. And, I mean, I very rarely use uh, Siri because the hoi hoi telephone command uh, does not wake my phone up. And it, right. it just... It never never seems to work for me. Um, about the only time I do use it is when I'm driving and I have my Bluetooth earpiece and I just touch the earpiece and then say, you know, call call home. Um, so, but both Google and uh, Amazon have stepped up the game by right. producing newer models with much better uh, acoustics, sound output, probably on the grounds of Apple announcing this HomePod. But they're still much, much cheaper. So I'm wondering if Apple haven't had to go back and say, you know, we really have to make this thing much smarter if it's going to compete, because I can't see that many people paying $350 for something which is in effect either a giant Bluetooth speaker or a jumped-up way to stream Apple Music. Right. I think it's got to be... It's got to... I don't know. I just think it's got to do more and work it's better. Got cover, it's got to cover more bases than just a speaker or just yes. uh, an Echo Dot. Uh, I mean, the Dot is, what, 10% of the price of the HomePod? So... <laughs> Uh, so, oh, it, I mean, yeah, what is a dot? $35 or something? Well, I think it's normally it's like 50 but it's yeah. on sale often at like 40 you know, So Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean it, you know, it's just, I, I just hope, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all for Apple saying if we don't, rather release it late than release it wrong. Correct, right. But I, my thought is that the it's not really hardware slash software problems, or in, in that sense, it's the I think that somebody's said, look, the competition out there is heating up, and even in the six months since we announced it, the competition has gone from sort of teeny little transistor radio type output, which also does other things, like allows you to buy toilet rolls from Amazon. <laughs> Uh, or, or you know, ask Google the weather. Um, but the, the, they do all those things, and they've stepped up their their stereo. And you know, they might not have made it to Wi-Fi quality, but they've certainly moved to that, those sort of bookshelf stereo stage. You know, um, and I just think hopefully somebody at Apple has just said, guys, if we don't if we don't make this thing do more than that, it's gonna 
just die on its ass. Right. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that's? I a... agree. I agree. I, I think that uh, uh, if it's just a speaker, um, that uh, they've got competition everywhere, and if it's just a, uh, if it's <laughs> I don't want to use the word, if it's just an Alyssa type um, yeah. device, um, that uh, there are way cheaper uh, versions of it that are very, very good at listening, uh, which Siri is at least at the moment is not. Uh, so, so uh, this is this has got to cover a whole lot more bases than than just that. Or I think that everybody's just going to say, "Oh, it's another one of those overpriced Apple things." You know, so, yeah, I, I'm also wondering, of course, if they if they're trying to get um, some more HomeKit integration from it, because right. I mean that's one of the things that people who use the Amazon rave about that you can give mm. it all these skills. Right. That it, you know, to make it turn on the lights, turn on the television, adjust your heating, do this, do that, do the other. Um, I mean, I know uh, Paul Wright from uh, the British Tech Network says that he bought uh, an Amazon Echo for his grandmother because she's, you know, 98 or something and blind. Mm-hmm. And he said he went round to see her one day and she was just sitting in the dark saying, oh, well, I'm going to go to bed soon. And he's like, Gran, it's only six o'clock. Well, I've no idea what time it is and I, I can't work the telly and I can't do this and I can't do that. I don't even know what time it is. So he said, well, I got her an Amazon Echo and set it up so that, you know, and said, so now she can just say, you know, Amazon, you know, lady in a jar, tell me the time. Right, right. You know, lady in a jar when, you know, set an alarm for the archers. Lady on, you know, lady in a jar, do this, do that. So that, you know, read me the newspaper and whatever. And he says, so now, so, and we're talking about something that's under $100 to buy. Right, right. Um, and, and I think sometimes these are the things for the rest of us. We think, yeah, it's a nice novelty and it's all very fun and yeah, great. But it's when somebody tells you a story like that, you realize how with the right application, yes. even this quite cheap technology can change somebody's life. Yeah, yeah true. And and if that's the case, and you can do it with a hundred dollar device, right. you're going to ask people three hundred and fifty dollar. I think it's got to be a bit more than it's just a nicer speaker. You know, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I have to admit, when they announced it, I thought, oh yeah, very nice, yeah. And, and then they went, yeah, and it's only three hundred and fifty dollars, and I nearly <laughs> fell off my couch. You know, it's like, right. what? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> what? I mean, I'm sorry, Apple. I know you like premium prices, but there's a point at which you're having a laugh. Right. Well, everything's premium. You know, iPhone 10 is uh, pricey. This uh, HomePod is pricey, and so they're just hitting us right and left. Mm. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest. You know, Apple stuff has never been cheap. No. Um, and. I, I've kind of almost justified the price of the 10 to myself by not that I've bought one and probably not that I'll buy one. But uh, that said, you know, going forward, probably next year, they'll all be iPhone 10 esque. Mm-hmm, they might right. keep they might keep an eight style around as a low end model, I suppose. But I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's the. Now, that's the shape of the future. But in the same way as the original Retina MacBooks, you know, cost an arm and a leg, a few years down the line, they were the, you know, the mainstay, and that was well, just the way it was. Interesting. An interesting thing is going to be once the uh, HomePod is out, um, 
the average Apple store has 150 people milling around in it. It's crowded. It's noisy. How are you going to demonstrate this thing? Um, it's, uh, you know, you the stores don't generally don't have a room big enough, private room big enough to uh, take people into it to listen to this thing. Um, Sonos, uh, you know, had trouble at the beginning because it was one of those things. How do you demonstrate it to people to show how cool this thing is? And uh, yeah. it would be interesting to see how Apple handles this because um, it will if it's not handled any other way, it's going to be a slow start because people are going to only experience it in somebody's home that already owns one. Then they're going to say, Oh, this is really cool. I got to get one. But otherwise, how do you listen to it? How do you, how does, how do they, it's a marketing, uh, real yeah, marketing, it's a marketing nightmare, isn't it? It's a marketing yeah. nightmare. Really. It's one of those, right. um, how do you, I mean, with a car, any car, but you know, we might or might not talk a bit about the Tesla layer. We'll we'll see how it goes. But with a car, you can go to a showroom, can't you? And you can get in the car and you can go on a test drive and yeah. experience the car. Right. Um, with a computer, even in a shop, maybe you can't. You know, you can't get the full experience, but you can at least get a feel for the computer. Right. You can pick it up. You can whatever. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the you, you go to an average, you know, electronic shop or store or whatever at some point, and there's always some bozo in the corner that's uh, that's found a set of speakers with a, you know, that, that they can demonstrate. And he cranks the volume up to the point where people can't even hear around him. And it's just irritating. So how do they handle yeah. this thing at an Apple store? You know, which is which are most of them are quite small and and uh, crowded. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting indeed. So. Uh, what should we have a look at? That's pretty much all the Apple stories done, I think. Technology. Uh, well, uh, the big story of the week, I guess, isn't it? The one small backflip for a robot is a giant leaping backflip for humankind. <laughs> um, from The Verge. Now, th th this stuff about the robot, the uh, Boston Dynamics Atlas 2 or whatever he is, um, it's been all over the web, but I've, I've, the one I've linked is from The Verge. And the reason I've linked this one is because rather than just reporting on that particular instant, it's got a kind of look how far we've come uh, piece attached to yep. it. So it, it shows us the original. It shows us Asimo falling off the stairs, um, a Japanese uh, you know, presentation yep. where they obviously were going to show how he could go up and down the stairs. And he got to about three stairs up and fell over. Um, right. There's a there's a load of uh, footage of a variety of robots. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're Boston Dynamics robots, but there's a load of humanoid robots. Look like they've been built by the I don't know the Defense Research Agency or something, uh, yeah. trying to open a door and uh, falling over. You know, trying to one of them can can't even get out of the car. He tries to right. step out of the car and falls flat on his face. Um, and then they've got some. Uh, footage of the original atlas i think um going for a walk in the snow which is pretty damn impressive to be honest mm. um and then they've got this you know comparing it with this one where it's it's doing standing jumps onto blocks and then does a 180 jump and then a backflip off i know on the tail end they show a couple where it didn't quite make it falls over but i mean that's incredible it is it yeah. is especially Maybe. 
especially at the very end of that backflip, uh, you can see all those little servos and stuff flipping back and forth a millimeter or two just to to, to keep him to keep him steady so he doesn't fall over. And uh, the the and, the the horsepower in, involved in that has got to be just amazing, uh, physical just, as well as uh, in, in, as well as uh, techn technologically. No, darling, I haven't got any. The only person who'd have any would be Ruth. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, whoa, it just was, uh, I've been watching these kind of things with a certain amount of, uh, interest and amusement to some extent, because, uh, partly because obviously, I, why, why are they so obsessed with making humanoid robots? Well, because we all grew up watching humanoid robots, I guess, and why would you do it? Why? Well, because we can, um, but at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, the speed at which these things have gone from almost toy-like humanoid robots that can't hardly walk without tripping over themselves to something that can practically do gymnastics. Now, I'm sure that the programming that went into getting it to do that was, you know, a whole team probably took a year getting it to do that. But even so, it just is frightening. Absolutely I'm, frightening. I'm curious to know how heavy that thing is. It looks like it's very, very heavy, um, but who knows? It could be carbon fiber or something. I don't know. But uh, but uh, you know, just see that thing lumbering along, and all of a sudden do these amazing jumps and things. It's wow, just amazing. It is, and um, I haven't linked it, but of course there there is a a whole bunch of scientists who are uh, I don't know if you're familiar who are campaigning for there to be an international treaty outlawing autonomous weapons. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that anywhere. No, no, uh, no. Well, there's a whole there's a whole group of scientists all around the world who are urging that there be uh, an international treaty outlawing the use of autonomous weapons. Now, when they first started on that, sort of people were saying, well, we've already got autonomous weapons. We've got drones and, you right. know, uh, sort of remote scouting vehicles. And But then what they've said, you know, what they're saying is robotics and autonomy are coming on so fast. And then you just, you watch a video like that of that Atlas II doing that sort of backflips or marching through the snow. That's right. And then you think, right, put put five years on that, give it enough autonomy to become a, a hunter-killer and stick a load of guns on it, and that thing becomes, well, it becomes a Terminator. It really does. Oh, <laughs> and no. Then you start thinking, and that's before you start talking about far simpler things like simply making autonomous tanks right. that can just, you know, yeah, just roll in over there and blast the hell out of anything, you right. know, and that's the right. infantry will come marching in behind it's That's like, right. Uh, yeah. Wars will be fought from thousands of miles away with people with joysticks in their hands. And, <laughs> yeah, well, of course, what we're talking about here is not is not even people with joysticks. What we're talking about here is clockwork soldiers. You set them up and you let them go. Right. Which is, you know, that that is where these people and even now, um, I think the, even the American military and various other people are saying, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but we need to have a a human somewhere in the loop deciding who gets to shoot what. But anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's good. That got very dark very quickly, didn't it? Yes, it did. Well, I guess the, uh, the, the next two stories, I mean, have you guys any, got anything else to add to that really? Or, well, yeah, the only thing is sort of silly, but, uh, um, 
BMW in-car information system uh, right now, the, the latest version, um, you can control some of the devices just by waving your hand with gestures instead of actually touching something so that you can keep your eyes on the road. And if you, tur- if you turn your finger uh, in the air clockwise, the volume will raise on the radio and turn it counterclockwise and the, the volume will turn down. Um, and uh, if a phone call comes in, you point at the screen, at the screen, not touching it, and uh, it will answer the call. And if you make a swipe gesture with your hand, it will send it to voicemail. Um, and so I think it was the loop uh, at one point was saying, you know, is this something that uh, Apple should be looking at for possibility for the Mac, um, where you can do do gestures? I, this is this whole thing about the, you know, touch screen on the Mac versus Microsoft's Surface and so on, but but uh, it's an interesting question whether or not this makes sense to Apple or whether it would ever happen. Who knows? But uh, it was just one of those things that I read and said, "Wow, this is interesting." I wonder what what, what the future holds for that. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's the first time that sort of air gesturing thing has been experimented oh. with. Didn't but couldn't Samsung do something with it with one of their one of their smartphones? Yeah, they may have. With a, I think they had one of their smartphones had sort of air gestures in it. Where it was like yeah. you don't, you don't have to touch the screen with your filthy grubby fingers. Just right. wave your right. hands about. Um, whether it actually worked as advertised, I don't know. And the um, there's a company who, for a few years, there was a lot of hype around them. At one point, they introduced, they brought out the I would have called like Air Bar or something that was like a like a strip. That you you could wave oh, your hands. Oh, I remember over. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Magic Leap or is that something else? I don't. But know. anyway, it was a it was a it was a thing that was supposed to be able to allow you to make air gestures um, by having this bar, this strip. Um, I'm not sure what happened to that. I'm not sure that it lived up to its you know up to the hype. I'm not right. saying it's dead, but I, I don't know if it's. I think it might still be going, but it, it was one of those things that was super hyped and then just right. seemed to disappear. Sure. Well, the fact that we haven't heard of it lately kind of tells the story, I think. It, it, <laughs> yes. The technology yeah. didn't work or people really didn't want to do gestures. Right. Or, or, or found out that it actually wasn't any easier than typing on the keyboard. <laughs> well, that's the that's the bottom line, I think. you know, Why, why introduce some of these things when what works right now is, uh, in, in this yeah. case anyway, it certainly is. I mean, I, I, um, talking about things that work perfectly well, I, I went round to a friend of mine's and he'd, he'd bought a, not a new computer, a second hand computer, um, Toshiba i3, second hand, got it from eBay. It's in nice nick, it's all working fine, um, except for the touch, the touchpad, which is the most shocking touchpad I've ever used in my life. It's <laughs> just basically unusable. And I said to him, you know, you cannot use this touchpad. And he kind of tap, tap, dragging on. I said, just, it's not working. Well, I mean, it works. It just works awfully. I said to him, just go out and buy yourself a five-pound wireless mouse and make life easy for yourself. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, you know, these things, yeah. I mean, I, we're spoiled. I have to admit we're spoiled because whenever I go on a not Apple laptop, I, I think, is there something wrong with this trackpad? It's janky right. and horrible. Exactly. And, just, yeah. uh, and I don't know how Apple can make such fantastic trackpads, and even high-end laptops cannot make decent trackpads. 
But uh, there we go. Funny, funny so, thing um, is, they know. make really good trackpads, but they make not so not so hot mice. <laughs> so, well, Apple, uh, I yeah. I rather like the I rather like the um, whatever it's called, the Magic Mouse. But mm. I know a lot of people can't get on with it. Um, I think the fact I think the fact that it's a very slim line, uh, a lot of people don't like that. Right. Um, and I, I know the I know a lot of people really don't like it. I think they have a tendency to wave their finger near the left hand side, uh, the right hand side of the mouse, yeah. when they're when they're gesturing. Um, that said, I say I, I love it, but I turn off nearly all the gestures on it on the touch surface. So right. um, I, I allow scrolling and like right click, and that's about it. I don't have any of this swipe left and right and right. pinch and zoom. And no, <laughs> maybe that's why I like it because I turn. It's like when they had the Mighty Mouse that had all those, you know, squeeze the sides and click the ball. And I used to turn right. all of them off. I'd have left left button, right button, and scroll the P, and that was about it. Thank you. But then again, I'm a luddite, and I refuse to change to natural scrolling as well. Oh, it's I no more natural. It's no more natural than unnatural wheelie scrolling. Well, I spent 30, 30 years learning how to do. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> got dec- decades worth of of uh, memory motor motor memory here, and you just can't easily switch like yeah. that. No, you can't. Every so it's, often, it's... when I'm doing a talk at the, one of the T-Mug meetings, and I'm using somebody else's laptop up, up at the podium. I have a I have a real problem with this. I, I scroll the wrong way constantly. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> and I guess I, I don't know. To me, it's like no, it's not natural. There's nothing natural about it. But I guess if you grew up with a you know with a touch interface, the the whole moving the window versus moving the content thing right. you know, would, comes to you differently. Well, Steve but, Jobs' uh, uh, reasoning behind this was that if you scroll up on a phone or an iPad, then you want to do the same direction with a mouse. And yeah, no, and not really. <laughs> well, I, no, I think if you grew up with a touch interface of iOS, like my kids, then sure. quote unquote natural scrolling just seems because that's exactly how you interact with everything else. Right. I think we're the, we're, we're the ones who are out of step. The reason that we want to do old-style scrolling is because, yeah, we've got 20-plus years of muscle memory on that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. And um, as I say, uh, somebody once explained it to me, is the, the, original, uh, the original guys thought of it as moving the window over the content, and the touch interface is about moving the content in the window. Right. Um. There you go. And I guess that the thing is, with, if you look at scroll bars, what are you doing? It's the way you move the scroll bars that's important. Right. And that's the content right. moves in the opposite direction. So it, neither one is right or wrong. They're just what you learn, I think, it's as much as anything else. Well, we, we have got some more stories, guys. But to be honest, we've been going for nearly two hours. So uh, unless there's anything in here you particularly wanted to uh, pick up on. Anybody got anything in here that, you know, they really want to make a mention of? I think I've covered my points. Yeah, I think we uh, we covered the uh, waterfront here. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what we got? Uh, right, so there's a, a couple of in the news. Both of these are actually USK, uh, UK-based. Uh, it is the UK ISPs will now have to pay automatic compensation to customers for broadband service outages, uh, which is like, thank you, about bloody time. Um, and Talk Talk plans to gut 50% of its IT estate because uh, if you read the piece... Apparently, they reckon they've got about 75% 
sort of over, not exactly over capacity, but duplication, replication, and just plain bad IT. So <laughs> due to the fact that they've been doing rather badly, um, they've decided the best way to become competitive again is in fact to rip out about half of, half of their infrastructure and start again, which is probably going to cost them, you know, a lot of money, but I suspect they're probably, uh, their engineers are probably right. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Otherwise you'll be patching forever. Um, and Tim Berners-Lee says the system is failing, which is a rather dark and grim read about how uh, Tim Berners-Lee says Facebook and Google and the like are manipulating us all and allowing big power blocks to control everything that uh, we're told. And uh, Big Brother is watching you. Sad but true. Sad but true. So those links are all in there. Um, I don't think we're really going to bother much more. I'm going to do a quick worth of chirp, which is for a free cross-platform Stickman animation app, which I found when my uh, my nine-year-old boy came and asked me if I knew of such a thing. Um, and DuckDuckGo turned this up, and it's called Sticks, and it's that's S-T-Y-K-Z, and it's available at sticks.net. Um, and it's very simple. It's a very simple Stickman animation application for making kind of flipbook type animations, uh, and it's available cross-platform, and it's free. And he's been having great fun with that for a couple of days, making little men that jump up and down and box and <laughs> kick each other in the head and play football and all sorts of things. Um, so that's worth a that was worth a chirp, I think. And uh, so I think I'm going to pretty much wind up the show, guys. So uh, thank you very much for giving up your time. And thank you very much for getting up at a stupid o'clock in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, and would you like to uh, shill yourselves or anything that you're uh, in connected with? Well, I'm AZ Kurt at nearly everywhere, azkurt.com for my photographs and drawings and things. Um, but other than that, that's me. And I am go for tech all, all over the place, G-O-F-O-R-T-E-C-H on Twitter and Facebook and uh, other social media outlets. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, I am, of course, at Serenak on the Twitters, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Mark is at Ocean Speed. The show is, of course, at Essential Apple. Uh, we have a Google Plus. We have a Facebook group. Uh, I don't have anything to do with that, so if there's nothing on there, blame Mark. Uh, we have our Slack room, which anybody who wants to join uh, is free to contact us for an invitation. And of course, we are on at uh, we are on essentialapple.com, and we also post to the MyMac because we are part of the MyMac.com podcasting network, where you can find such shows as the MyMac Show, the Tech Fan Show, the Three Geeky Ladies, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Club Nintendo, and Bart Shots with his fabulous Let's Talk podcasts. Okay, guys, we'll just uh, say goodbye then. So thanks right. for coming on the show. It was oh. great. Thanks for having goodbye. us. Goodbye. That was fun. Thanks. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. 
geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.